This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We turn now to your money, to your nest egg. Yesterday, the head of the Ontario Securities Commission gave her first keynote speech since taking the helm last February. She touted the Watchdog's whistleblower program and also hinted about changes that could be very important for Zoomers or anyone trying to build and conserve their savings. Now, in a general way, she talked about the need for more investor protection, but there is one specific practice the OSC will be taking a look at, though it may be a very long look, and that is embedded mutual fund fees. They're also called trailer fees, and they're paid to advisors annually so long as their clients hold a mutual fund. Britain and Australia have already banned them. Uh, The head of the OSC recognizes that this type of compensation actually encourages financial advisors to choose funds with higher fees, regardless of how well they're managed and how well they are performing. Uh, She has deemed them unacceptable, and it it, it amounts to advisors putting their own needs ahead of their clients. This is an old story. I used to come up against this all the time when I was uh, a business reporter back in the day. The alternative, of course, is to pay for the advice you receive upfront as an hourly fee. And I guess... uh, Uh, It's uh, easier to get people to pay the money when they don't see it. So um, I want to know, are you aware of the type of fees that are being charged on your investments? Does it make a difference to the investments you choose? And and what do you think? Should these so-called trailer fees be banned. Some some mutual funds actually have uh, both upfront and trailer fees where they'll take a certain percentage when you sign up and then uh, more at the back end. Um, CARP, of course, is on the Ontario Securities Commission's advisory group on seniors. And Wade Pajamka, CARP's director of policy, joins me now. Hi, Wade. Hi, Libby. Thank you for having me. Well, well, what do you think? This is a public statement about those trailer fees. Are they a big issue in your mind? Yeah, I think they're a really big issue. I mean, so when an investor goes into an investment advisor, um, sometimes they know what they're paying because uh, there's a set fee for their, their whole investment portfolio, but sometimes they don't. So for example, an investment advisor may say, I'm charging you this very small percentage, but in reality, that's not the case because there are these trailing commissions that are built into the fund. And because they're built into the fund, the investor is not paying it directly to the advisor. He's, they're, it's being backdoored through the fund paying it to the advisor. And so it's not transparent. So from my perspective, that's a really big problem. I mean, I think that's a huge conflict of interest, frankly. Yeah, so do I. And it leads to another interesting um, uh, thing that CARP's advocating for currently. So investment advisors... Um, are bound, most investment advisors or some investment advisors are bound by the suitability standard. So what that means is that if there's two products 
that are suitable for an investor, but one that's more suitable, the investment advisor can recommend the less suitable one, and they often do because it has a higher commission. So they don't have to act in the best interest of the investor, which is, is also tied into what we're discussing here today. So I think that's also a big problem that, that they're not putting forward the best product for what the investor needs. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's this whole issue of trust and a lot of people, you know, I think possibly particularly Zoomers. I mean, you go in to see somebody and you have a certain level of trust that perhaps is not warranted. I think that's right. So when we pulled our members, Libby, we, we asked them, you know, what do you think uh, your investment advisor is doing? Are they governed by the best interest standard? Do you believe they have to act in your best interest? And about 90% of them said yes. So th- the problem is really that, that investors are being misled. Most of them believe that, that their advisors are providing advice that's in their best interest when that's not the case in a, in a lot of situations. And that's really the problem, the, the, the misleading nature of it. Okay, uh, wait, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I really would like to hear from our listeners on this. I'm sure many of them have mutual funds, they have investments. Uh, a lot of them are probably living off their investments, at least partially. And, and I'd like to know what you think about these issues. Uh, do you trust your investment advisor? Are you aware of all the fees that you're paying? Uh, what do you think of this idea of trailer fees, fees that that are embedded in the fund, that are paid from the fund to your advisor? And uh, do you think maybe your advisor might tell you to get into a fund that's going to make him or her more money? I think that's pretty likely. Uh, uh, please uh, let us know what you think. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And I'm on the line with Wade Pajamka, who uh, is with CARP, and CARP has been working on this issue. So um, how are is CARP trying to move the needle forward on this? Um, so we're advocating uh, quite heavily um, in a consultation right now to have the best interest standard apply. So we're asking uh, for regulation that makes the best interest standard apply to uh, investment advisors uh, across the country. So so, so that investment advisors are providing the services that investors already believe they're providing, acting in their best interests. Um, we're, we're holding consultations, and we've had consultations at CARP's national office, um, and, and it's something that we're going to be focusing on for the, over the next year, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it reminds me in a little way, there, there was a change uh, in uh, the rules for real estate agents, because uh, I forget how many years ago it, it, it is, but it, it wasn't that long ago, and people were not aware that the responsibility of the real estate agent was to act in the seller's interest, even if they were the so-called buyer's agents. And they had to change the rules to accommodate to such a thing as a buyer's agent, because people were hiring agents and they didn't know that it was actually that person's responsibility to get the highest price for the seller. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. That definitely sounds problematic. Yeah. Uh, so, um the the other thing I'm I'm wondering about all this is is the timeline. Like we're now going into consultations, um, and at least in terms of these trailer fees, the first time that that it was suggested uh, that a, these things should be banned was 21 years ago. Yeah, and I don't think it's it's unique to Canada. So let, like you mentioned earlier, they have been banned in other countries. Um, you know, I think Canada's 
uh, behind the ball on this. I think it's time for us to, to get moving on a number of uh, different issues uh, relating to investor protection, uh, best interest standards, eliminate um, these embedded fees, whistleblower protection, which, of course, the Ontario Securities Commission has, has just uh, implemented a program. But we're behind the ball, but we're, we're catching up. Okay, uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Marie in Toronto. Hello, Marie. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, not too bad, thank you. I wanted to ask the question, uh, my financial advisor uh, has changed uh, the uh, the system that they charge, and what they did was um, instead of charging a fee every time they trade something, they take 2% of whatever profit I have at the end of the year. And I'm just wondering if that's a good thing or if I should question it or whatever. Is, are you sure it's 2% of the profit and, and not 2% of, of uh, your holdings? No, it's 2% of whatever I make uh, as, as a profit in the investment at the end of the year. So she, so she said to me, this would be to your advantage, because if you don't make any money, then we don't get paid. Wade, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, so, so Marie, that sounds surprising to me. Typically, what, what we see, these are called advisor fees, um, and they're usually a certain percentage, one, one and a half, two percent of, of your total investment portfolio, so not just your profit. But if it is just your profit, then, you know, I would say that's a great deal. But more importantly, Marie, I think what's great is that you know exactly what you're paying. Right? Uh, that's, yes, that's this, the is, problem this is what they advise the, the me. Yeah, and, it, and it is, like they, she said, if you don't make or if you make a low amount, whatever, at the end of the year, we just take a part of that. I, now, I, I would, don't know if there would be any other hidden fees, if I should question that. I don't know. I haven't done it. I have, I, as Wade said, I have never heard of that. And really? normally what they take uh, is a percentage of your total portfolio. Okay. So okay. I would really double check that, right. uh, get out a magnifying glass, read the fine print. Right. And, uh, um, you know, just make sure that you know what you're getting into. And um, do you know which, do you have mutual funds in the portfolio? Not too many. Mm-hmm. But you few. have some. Mm-hmm. I do have some, yeah. Well, you should you should ask if if any of those funds that are in you should ask what the fees are, and you should ask whether there are trailer fees on any of those funds. On any of those, okay, yeah, very good. I'll do that because I haven't asked the question because what she had said to me, I thought, well, this sounds fair because uh, if if I make money, they take a percentage, and if I don't, they don't. It, I thought that way, the way she put it to me. So uh, that's why I thought it was fair. Okay, but I would check that because, because it, it, in terms of the way the, the industry works, it almost sounds uh, too good. But, uh, too you good. know, I wait to stand corrected. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. I'll check it out. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maria. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Um, so uh, we are on the line with Wade Pajamka. We're talking about changes uh, to financial services, changes to your investments to protect you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Are you aware of all the fees that you're charged on your investments? Do you know whether a mutual fund company is paying trailer fees to your advisor and Maybe that's swaying them on what they suggested you have. Uh, Wade Pajamka is, <clears throat> excuse me, with me, and he's talking about uh, ab- about the suitability standard and about acting in a client's best interest. Wade, uh, tell us a little more about that. 
Yeah, so I, I mean, Libby, I think when an investor goes in, if that's what, if they believe that the advisor is acting in their best interest and they're they're going to give them the product that's that's the best product available for them, that's what should happen. And if it's not going to happen, they should be told that explicitly. So when they go into the office for the first time, the advisor should say, um, "I'm not governed by a best interest standard. Um, I only have to suggest a product that's suitable for you." And if the investor chooses to go ahead at that point, um, fine, but at least they know explicitly um, what they're getting into. And the one thing that I want to add here is that it's not the same across, there's different types of advisors, investment advisors. So certified financial planners, for example, CFPs, um, are governed by the best interest standard and they're regulated. So uh, it isn't the same across the board, but another problem, Libby, is that there's so many titles and designations being used in the financial services sector, that the layperson can't distinguish between them. We asked our members at CARP, do you understand um, the difference between these designations and what standard your advisors held to? And they didn't. So the financial illiteracy um, is, is enormous for, for, the lay, for a layperson. Well, it's also difficult to sort this out. I mean, I, think, I, I don't think that's an accident. And almost anyone, uh, you know, can call themselves a financial advisor. Yeah, that's right. Not uh, a certified financial. Not planner, a certified but a one. Advisor, you're right. But but you can say, gee, um, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Fonda in Toronto. Hello, Fonda. Oh, hi, Libby. Go ahead. It's a very interesting uh, show because my husband questioned this about three years ago, and he he. Um, our current advisor at the time, our financial advisor, he asked them about it. So we had a meeting, and they sort of beat around the bush. They weren't really answering the question directly, and my husband was very uncomfortable about this. And so we met with other advisors, and the advisor we have now, when we switched our funds, they're aware of these trailer fees on, on mutual funds. And when he explained to us how much we were paying and back-end fees on some of these funds, we totally switched out. And we went into <clears throat> the mutual funds we go into were iShares or ETFs, and we knew up front before our advisor, you know, put us in any of these funds, our current one. He yeah. told us exactly what this fund would charge and would tell us whether or not this would be reasonable. And we pay him a certain percentage every month on, on our portfolio, and he's done very well, and we have Total trust in this man. And he, he, pay, he takes a percentage of the entire portfolio. Yes, he does. Not like this other woman talked about. I found that very strange, too. It's the well, entire portfolio. It, it sounds like it's a little too good to be true, and, and I hope we encouraged her to go back and clarify that and read it. Um, exactly. <laughs> because if it's true, then, then we want to know where you can get that deal. <laughs> Um, but but yes, uh, I mean you asked all the right questions, and 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 again, uh, I think uh, you know these things are not meant to be too clear, right? No. And no. and again, it's it's because also you know one of the the other way to pay for financial advice is is to pay person by the hour, like you might pay a lawyer by the hour, and it's it's not cheap, uh, and mm-hmm. people usually don't want to do this. So there are all these little tricks, and mm-hmm. people just aren't aware of those. And sometimes if you want to dump out of a mutual fund, like you're going to pay a big, a big fee there too. Exactly. When we went with our current um, financial um, manager, 
he had to wait for certain funds to come due because it, it was going to cost us a fortune to get out of it. That's exactly right. And he just shook his head on some of the funds that we had. Well, thank so, you for sharing that. And I, I, it sounds like you got a great guy. We do. We're very, very pleased. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, thanks, Abby. Okay, let's, uh, let's hear from Sharon in Burlington. Hi, Sharon. Hi there. Um, my question is, is there a difference between using a, the banks for investing or is there a difference between a financial advisor? Um, well, Which is better or if they're different or it's just about investigating what they charge or... So the the difference between a, a bank an investment advisor at a bank is that they're limited in the products that they can sell. So the banks have their own mutual funds, and so if you go to an advisor at the bank, um, that advisor is going to be um, offering you products from a, a more limited uh, that are of a more limited range. And so what that means is that if there's a product that's that's better for you, that's that's in your best interest, that's that the bank doesn't offer, you're not going to have exposure to that because you're limited to the bank's products. Okay. And uh, I mean, in the same way, you know, the, the, some of the big um, uh, financial in- institutions or companies have their own advisors. So um, you probably want someone who has access to all kinds of things. Okay. Okay. But is it because is I would think going to the bank, the employee at the bank is not making any, is he making money from what he suggests? Yeah, or often... are they doing a salary, or are they making commission as as a financial advisor would? Um, I've seen some examples of um, aggressive commission plans in the bank, so um, I think that they are commission based. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Take care. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting. Uh, topic. It's very important. And um, the thing is that, you know, uh, I would say plus ça change, because as, as I said, I was a business reporter for 15 years. And um, these issues were all the same. And uh, 15, 20 years later, uh, the regulatory bodies are still just talking and consulting about this. Uh, Wade Pajamka, um, anything that you'd like to say before we go? Uh, no, just that I think uh, the well, the only thing that I would add is that I think it's very important that when you go to your investment advisor, you ask about all of the fees that you're going to pay, not the upfront fees, um, not the hourly fees, not not just the hourly fees, um, not the sales charge fees, but also the management fees and the trailing commissions. You need to know the, the full amount that you're paying, even if you're not paying it directly to the advisor, because it's still coming out of your pocket in the end. Oh, no kidding. And, and you know, it's been shown, and perhaps we should do another show on this, but but over time, high fees, and Canadians pay one of the highest fees uh, in the world on, on mutual funds, really eat into the money that you make on these investments. Uh, so, you know, 3% may not sound that high, but it, but it really has a cost. Uh, Wade Pajamka, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.